0: this is Your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger.
1: Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. This episode 780. And starting with a question, what are you already doing? Now remember, this is, uh, we're, we're going to tell stories here. And the story is the story of you. Okay, because yesterday we talked about the most powerful thing that you have to offer to the world, the most powerful thing you have to offer to the world is that combination of three things, your existing skills, your natural gifts, and your life experience. That's the best any of us have. And it is from that place that the genius of Einstein or the wizardry of Edison or the thoughtfulness of Plato and others, have come to us. So what is the story of you? What is your, uh, you know, the cliche is to call it a superpower. Now, this podcast series, Your Ultimate Life, is about learning to find and use that superpower, if you will, or that special voice, that uniqueness, and then use it to serve. Because when we do that, it's more fun than anything else we can do. It's also more powerful, and we can have the greatest reward. And that reward is both internal satisfaction and money. We can get paid for it, and paid well. So let's explore how that works. We talked about those three things yesterday, and today is about your existing skills. Now, I don't know what your existing skills are, but you do. The first ones that are obvious may be skills that you learned on purpose. You went to a college and perhaps advanced degrees. Maybe you went to a trade school or maybe you went to a performance academy. So obvious and existing skills could be maybe you're a doctor or an engineer or an architect or a beautician. Or maybe you already own a business and you're... Maybe you own a couple of restaurants. Or maybe you own a coaching business. Maybe you write books. Uh, Maybe you create music or art. You have a set of existing skills. Sometimes those skills are kind of haphazard. Uh, Some folks don't know. In fact, I would say most people don't really know what they want to be when they grow up. That's a joke, right? People say even after 20 or 30 years in a career... I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. That yearning and feeling is the very expression of what we're talking about. That yearning is saying, I want to find that combination, that, that rope, the three-strand three rope we were talking about, that unique voice, and I haven't found it yet. And we use the word find, I think, mistakenly because it's something we create. It's something we choose. We don't find it. It isn't like suddenly we turn over a rock and there's the golden coin, or like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory open the candy bar, randomly and there's the golden ticket. Now, all of random events in our lives, or seemingly random, might move us on the path or might click something in our minds. Uh, you know, my story, I had a divine intervention, a series of events... That happened in August and September of 2007. That was an invitation to change my life, and I've told the story about the night when I, night and day, that for 18 hours I was out of body and felt like I was in hell. But there were a number of other pieces that happened before that and after that that were part of that process that lasted about four or five weeks, with those things, you know, building up to each other. And that is a whole story in itself. And so those things happened, but the result was me choosing to learn from that and making a choice. So you might read a book or go to a conference or hear a talk, and that might click something in you to start a new choice. But it still depends on your choice. So go back to when you were young, right now in your mind, and think about what things did you really enjoy doing? What things did you want to do? Now, every kid wants to play, but there's also things you want to do. So, for example, uh, when I was in sixth grade, I really got infatuated with chemistry, and I really enjoyed learning how to make chemicals. And I wanted to invent things or mix things that, you know, had a dramatic reaction, bubbles or even burn, fire, explosive, that sort of thing. And so I studied that and did that all the way through high school. So for about six years, that was fascinating to me. There are things that are fascinating to you, and every single thing that's fascinating doesn't have to be a long-term thing for you. The thing that's been most powerful for me all my life is music. Now, when I tell you the things about my story, I want you to think about you because my story isn't useful unless... It triggers something in you to find your unique voice, your unique lever point to add good to the world. We, we are here to have the most elegant and powerful experience that we can, regardless of circumstance. So even if I'm born in illness or poverty or with some physical difficulty or emotional struggle... The, the quest is to have the best experience we can, given what is already there. Okay? And now I, I saw a movie called Lion, or The Lion, I think. Uh, and it was about a little boy who was lost in India and eventually ended up in Australia, Tasmania, I think. But anyway, in Australia, uh, through adoption and so forth, and then eventually found his mom... Back in India, many many years later, thirty or so years later, it was a touching, moving, powerful story, and that created the yearning in him to, to find his roots and so forth. And then, using Google and other map tools, he was able to find that. And it was an incredible story, and it's based on true events. You have, and so his beginnings were difficult. His his older brother died in the process, and. All of the rest of this was a difficult and incredible story. But you know what? It's no more incredible than your story. Most people think, well, my story is nothing. My story is very mundane. I wasn't born in extreme poverty, or I didn't travel halfway around the world, or I didn't go through, you know, multiple rounds of abuse I, and then recover. I talk to people often who say, well, my story's not that good. That's not true. And if you want to have the most powerful story you can have, and when I use the word story, some people hear that as a, well, stories aren't true. No, stories are true because it is your story of life that drives everything you think and do. Your story is the thing that guides and directs every thought and every action. What you believe is possible, what you think is impossible, what you try, what you don't try, all that's driven by your story of possibility. Now, your powerful story, you have weak stories and powerful stories. Your most important story is those three things that we talked about. And this chapter is about your existing skills, your existing skill. So you've had a The easiest way to start is what have you been doing for work? Because our existing skills are often what we sell in the marketplace to make a living. Now, you may have been an office manager. You may have been the owner of the business with an office manager. You may be a dentist or a doctor or an engineer or an architect or an author or a musician or an insurance salesperson. You've developed a set of skills that you sell in the marketplace, and from that, Selling in the marketplace, you've, you've made a living. Most people don't like their jobs. They don't like, they're not feeling internally satisfied with the skill they've developed and are selling in the marketplace. They feel a yearning to do something more, to something else, something more fulfilling. I, I can't even count the number of people that I've talked to that say, yeah, I had a corporate this, that, and the other, but it wasn't very fulfilling. Now, the reason I use this background here, in uh, behind me, this is a, a civic building, I think, in Sydney, Australia. And Joy and I spent a month in Sydney, Australia a few years ago, and I use this background because it's a monument to people's architecture and construction. So people had skills, and they built that building. I want to c- contrast that with the people who painted the inside of cathedrals and other things in, uh, in Europe, sometimes people would spend their entire lives, or much of their lives, creating the frescoes and stuff on the interior of those buildings, mostly churches. And that was their dedication. That's what they did, day after day after day. And they wanted it to be perfect, and the stories of those masters are legendary. Legendary. Now I want you to think about what is the skill or skills you've been selling in the marketplace. I mowed lawns. I've taught piano. I've taught colleges at our cl- classes at college. I participated in various capacities in electric electric utilities, electricity system. Started as a an operator, system operator, and then went on to be an executive and an electricity market designer and all that sort of stuff. And I did that for 30 years, but I was not fulfilling at all. It didn't feel like a contribution, so I got really good at it, but it didn't ever fulfill me, and I was always trying to do the thing I wanted to do on the side, and that was music, telling stories through music. That's what I wanted to do, telling stories through music. So finally, after decades, I waited for decades to start this. And I lived decades of not being satisfied, not being happy. I don't know where you are on that continuum, but right now you have a set of skills that you've been selling in the marketplace. You have other skills besides that. So I sold my skill in the electricity You know, utility, electricity, and then deregulation, I sold that in the marketplace. But other skills that I had came from the music. So I participated a lot in volunteer stuff in the community and at church, uh, directing choirs and participating in choirs and orchestras and community theater and all that kind of stuff to, to sort of use that artistic thing that I felt really, really drawn to do. I want you to think about what are your existing skills. What what things did you go to school to learn? What things did you go to trade school to learn? What things did you apprentice to learn? What things did you learn on the job or in the school of hard knocks? What are those skills you have developed? What are they? Now make a list of them because this is one of the key pieces of the the voice that you have. And that thing I keep doing with my fingers is supposed to be, a, you know, a three- strand rope, right? I keep holding my fingers like that because that's the best way I can do it. But you know, maybe a blue, yellow, and white nylon braided rope. Your existing skills are the first piece of that rope. All right. So how did you get those skills and how can you find them and pinpoint them? Well, they may be really obvious. Maybe you're a lab technician or a phlebotomist or whatever, and write them down and write down how you learned them. And write down, uh, are you still practicing them? Are you still developing them? Or have you got to the top of the development and you're just now doing the same thing over and over again? I saw a story on YouTube about coaching. And it was a video about why someone would hire a coach. And the guy told a story. The guy was a doctor, a, a very accomplished surgeon, actually. And he told a story about two different methods of getting really skilled or you know, excellent at something. And he said one, one method is to go to school, do an apprenticeship, and finish all that, and then you're done. And then another method is like sports or performance where you, can, you, have, you have continued coaching all the way along. And he, he compared his medical learning to the first thing where he went to school and then went to medical school and they had an internship and maybe a postdoctoral fellowship and did, did some stuff. And then you were crowned a doctor. And though you had some continuing education requirements and certification requirements, he he said, this was him saying, you don't really have skilled development after that. That just depends on you as a doctor doing things. And then he talked about this other model of ongoing coaching, which doesn't assume that you get done, finished, you know, that you're at the top of something. Uh, and, and there's always continued development. It's a mountain with no top. Instead of a mountain with a top or a plateau where you get up to and then there you are. He then told the story of deciding to experiment with this other style of learning. And so he went and found a, I think he said a professor who he had who was also an accomplished surgeon and said he wanted him to come and watch him do this operation and make notes in other words with the idea of coaching coach me here let's i'm going to experiment with this idea of coaching and so he went did the operation and to hear him tell the story on the youtube vid that i saw i think it was a ted talk but i saw it on youtube but anyway he said um well i the operation went really well i did it well and things went fine and so then i went to talk to the guy afterwards and I expected he might have a thing or two to point out to me, but not much. And he said I was shocked to find that he had, and I can't remember if it was two or three pages, of detailed notes. And at first, he was really resentful. But he talked about a light that was out over here and how he was holding his arm and where the instruments were and just many, many things. And so after he got over his shock, he said he took them, to heart and he paid attention to all those things and he said the the you know the problem rate I don't know how they measure that but problems after surgery so the problem his problem rate went way down his speed and efficiency went way up and he talked about a whole pile of improvements that he made so that is still the continuation and development of your existing skills and though you may Adopt that method. Get a coach. I believe that coaching is for everybody. I believe that if, if you want to get better and better at something, if you're happy where you're at and you're, you're just absolutely satisfied, then you don't need to do that because you are satisfied. You are living at the pinnacle of your development or you're happy with the, the mountaintop you've reached, and that's fine. But if you want to get better at the skills, then his conclusion was that the coaching model is more successful than the go-learn-it-get-certified Plateau model. And I really enjoyed that talk. I'm saying all this because as you identify the skills that you have and sell in the marketplace, it includes everything that you've already learned and that you're still developing. So you have things maybe you went to college or trade school for, or maybe you practiced in the School of Hard Knocks, And here's the question, are you still practicing those? They're the things that you're still practicing, your existing skills. So if you're a manager at a company or an executive and you have a leadership role, are you regularly enhancing your leadership ability? Those are all the things that I'm talking about. Now, here's two things. We develop and sharpen those skills so we can get paid. That's how we make money in the world, typically. So we make, we get paid and we get promotions and get cash. But what I've noticed for my own life and for many is that in that model, satisfaction is optional. Satisfaction is optional. Like you picked a set of skills to learn. You picked a degree path in college or in trade school. Or you picked an apprenticeship and, and you went to learn them. And you got good at them, and you're getting paid, and hopefully if you keep sharpening them, you get better and better, and you get promoted, or you get more clients, or you build a bigger practice. And all those things are true, and so you get paid more and more, and maybe you even get famous in your niche, you know, your area. But satisfaction is still optional. That's talked about a lot in Covey, Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, He talked about people that are climbing the ladder and climbing the ladder and climbing the ladder as a representation of this growth. And then they get to the top and realize that the ladder has been against the wrong wall. And they get to the top and it's not happy. There's an old song, Is That All There Is? And it's about having all the success and money and notoriety that a person wants and then asking, Is That All There Is? Like you got there and it's not satisfying to your soul. So what I'm talking about in these four, yesterday and or last time in this one and the next two, is how to have that ultimate life where you have purpose and you have prosperity and you have joy. Just that deep satisfaction. And it is that three-part rope. And that first part is that set of skills that you have developed and are still practicing and sharpening. And the reason satisfaction is optional when you only think about the skills you've developed is because it misses the other two pieces of the rope the natural gifts and your life experience. And it is only when we bring those that you really have your deepest satisfaction and create the most powerful story you can possibly have, which is more money more fun, and more impact in the world. It's funny, as we get older, I mean, I interview a lot of people for this podcast. This is a solo episode, but I've interviewed many, many, many people. I mean, we're at episode 780 today, and so I've interviewed several hundred people over the years and learned about them and their stories and their growth. And without exception, people that express complete satisfaction in their lives ...have used all three of these pieces of the rope. So here's the point of this episode. I want you to have a catalog of your existing skills. What are the skills that you sell in the marketplace? What are the skills that you have and are intentionally developing... ...so that you can get paid and make a difference in, in some business or company? Because that is the first piece of this rope. All those existing skills... Now, I got to tell you one other example in this. I had um, a 30 year career in the energy industry, including a bunch of deregulation stuff in the United States and Canada. And 20 years ago, there was a company called Enron, and I was in the middle of that demise and debacle. So, and so I, but today, I don't do anything at all about electricity. But the skills I developed during that time was the skill of speaking. I spoke a lot at conferences. I developed a skill of leadership as I rose through ranks and became an executive in in multiple places in both the U.S. and Canada. So those developed and honed and sharpened skills are are still part of the uh, toolkit that I use in my rope of living this ultimate life that I live now and happy, happy, happy. And, you know, purpose, prosperity and joy. So it isn't that every skill that you've developed, you know, that list, I'm asking you to make a list of your skills. It's not that every one of those is going to transfer into this ultimate voice, ultimate power that you have to make a difference and make money. But some of them are. Some of them are, and it is an integral piece of that rope. So that is the point of this, this episode. List all your existing skills, the ones that you've been paid for, the ones that you went to school for, the ones that you went to trade school for, or did whatever you did to get good at it, the ones you sell in the marketplace right now. That's the point of this episode. So get them listed and explore in your own mind which ones of those skills really feel good to you and which ones are just things that you know how to do that you get paid for that you kind of think, you know... I'd like not to do this. I have a client right now who has many skills. And as we talk and do our coaching sessions, aiming at this very same thing we're talking about, he says all the time, well, I know how to do this, but I don't like that very much. Well, I know how to do this really well. I've gotten really good, but that isn't a lot of fun. When I have to do that a lot, I get bored, I get frustrated. That's what you need to identify. Which of the existing skills that you've already developed are fun for you, are enjoyable, you could do over and over and over again. That's really important. So for me, one of the things I love to do is speak. I love to interact with people also. I like to listen to their stories and see who they are and help them see, you know, what else they could be. So I like to speak. I like to write music. I like to write books. Those are things that I, skills that I've developed that I love doing. And there are lots of other skills that I've developed that aren't fun, that I can do but don't enjoy it. So create that list of skills that you've developed and then mark the ones that you really enjoy doing that you could do over and over again forever because they're so much fun to do. That's it for this episode on what are you already doing, especially the things you're already amazing at doing, right? What are those things and which ones do you love the most? And next episode, we're going to talk about your natural gifts and draw a huge distinction between the things you've gone and perfected and the natural gifts that you have. Because that's the second piece of the rope. And we're going to build this rope, this braided rope, which is the context or the power behind your unique voice over this, the last one and this one in the next two episodes, to help you understand how to make the most money, have the most fun, and have the biggest impact in the world as you create your ultimate life.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger.